Season 2, episode 12 of the Hall of Fame show, and Evan, we don't exactly have a loaded show. But since we've come up with our regular segments, it's a loaded show. Every show's loaded. Yep, we are like uh, the nachos at Buffalo Wild. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still looking for I'm still looking for a sponsor anywhere. Anywhere. No, we keep throwing them out one at a time. Maybe somebody will pick us up. Well, Se- Segway didn't sort of pick up on what we were laying down, but we, we could try. So we've got <laughs> we've got like a, our usual segments, which are now usual segments. Evan presenting the good, the bad, and the ugly this week. I've got elevator up and elevator down, although it's two ups. So I've sort of like uh, spoiled a bit of that. You've got your death march, and then we have I think what did you call that? The game uh, the the game show that nobody in America wants to play. Yeah, or, or, or they don't know they want to play it yet. But I, I think it will be good. Well, why don't we just start off with that? Sure, go ahead. Why, why don't we, we... We've teased it enough already because uh, nobody we didn't actually mention what it was. So. No, no, we, we didn't. It's the game show where Evan is the contestant and I told him not to do any research. It's called... How the hell did this guy get into the WWE Hall of Fame? <laughs> And it's you know the celebrity part about this game show is? What's that? Uh, there's only one contestant, so I can't finish third like I did on Jeopardy. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Al. You lost. And here's what you didn't win. A little weird Al for some of the people who, who may have gotten that. No? Okay. Yeah. So this is sort of inspired <laughs> by William Shatner being announced this week as the newest member of the WWE Hall of Fame. Do you remember William Shatner on WWE television? This one I'm going to give you, you know, so you're not going to be guessing on this. Uh, I do not. I do know he turned 90 this last week, which is kind of amazing. He looks so no, I do not remember him. I hope he was an announcer. I uh, just imagine Shatner announcing. No, no. He uh, first appeared in, uh, in 1995 on a Monday Night Raw episode uh, where he was the guest of Jerry the King Lawler. And this was part of uh, USA Network's cross-promotion because this is when Shatner fancied himself a sci-fi writer. And I guess what he, this the series he wrote, Tech War, got picked up as, or, as a TV series on USA. So he was there to promote that. And then he uh, got to beat up Jerry the King Lawler. And he had a great line here on this where it was like, you shouldn't be insulting these fans. These are the fans of Tech War, which I always thought was <laughs> pretty weird. But he was there, and then it was the funniest thing because there's Shatner in his leather jacket. He does a monkey flip. Major kudos to Jerry Lawler for just making this look good, like he really did something. It was yeah. I never had more respect for Jerry Lawler than I did when I rewatched that this morning on the WWE Network. Which I was more excited to watch that than the upcoming WrestleMania, which I think says all I, all it needs to be said of my current fandom of wrestling. Although I said it last week, didn't I? You did. I did. And 15 years after that, he was a special guest host uh, when the WWE did a okay. bunch of guest hosts for like a year or two. And he was actually one of the better ones. I'll say that. Okay. So that is how Shatter well, is. I, so, but I, I, wait, I, so that was that was ninety five. You said the first time he appeared was on nineteen ninety five. Yes. But, so he was wrestling as a sixty four year old. My he didn't, well, he didn't wrestle. He <laughs> uh, he basically tumbled down and 
lifted his legs up just a little bit, and then Jerry Lawler made it. He flipped around so it looked like he he got monkey flipped. I see. But he still fell down on his back. I mean, like, you know, for a celebrity appearance, and I think that's the biggest problem. Maybe we should open with that. The WWE, like all wrestling, craves celebrity attention or mainstream attention. And more often Mm -hmm. than not, it's just not good. Uh And many of these celebrities either don't want to be there, don't know why they're there. And wrestling fans, unless it's a special type of celebrity, don't really want to see it. They don't care. I know I don't care. Well, depending on the celebrity. But that's not the game we're playing. We're going to start off with the first member of the celebrity celebrity hall, wing of the Hall of Fame, Pete Rose. Uh, he is in for uh, betting on a wrestling match that he knew was fixed ahead of time. <laughs> this doesn't seem like something he would do. Uh, no, he was a guest announcer at WrestleMania thirteen or well, fourteen, and Kane picked him up and put him and put him in a pile driver and dropped him on his head. And then the year after, he did it again. It was actually kind of cool. Pete Rose came out of the, the San Diego chicken suit and tried to attack Kane, and it didn't work. And Pete Rose got tombstoned. I actually got to ask Pete Rose about this. He said he was treated fantastic. And he has nothing but good things to say about the WWE. Wow. So, yeah. So, so, so all, all that Marchimani needed to do was pile drive him and everything would have been fine. Well, yeah, but Pete was, because uh, that WrestleMania was in Boston. Yeah, that's a good, he was in Boston and then he, he, he went all full heel and says, you know, Bucky Dent says hello. He really played it up. <laughs> he did great. Like, he's just like one of those guys who's just said, you know what? I'll do whatever you guys want. Love it. Okay. Good. Yeah. So that's a thumbs up for me. And if you're going to have a celebrity wing, you might as well have somebody who gave a shit and respected them. All right. Celebrity number two, class of 2006. We have William the Refrigerator Perry. Uh... He is elected for not allowing Walter Payton to get into the ring and getting into the ring himself. Close, but no cigar. He might finish third after Uh. all. (laughs) (laughs) He he was. That that would actually be the most impressive thing I've ever done to finish third in a one man competition. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the show's not over. William Perry was a participant in the WrestleMania II Battle Royal that featured five other football players. That, okay. Yeah, uh, which was won by Andre the Giants. Uh, this was a height of, of – this would have been one month and a half after that Super Bowl that we were talking about before we went on air where the Bears and the Super Bowl shuffle defeated uh, New England. And Perry Mania. If there was I have such no a recollection thing. of that. No. Okay. Well, I have no recollection of that ever having happened. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about it afterwards again. Okay, okay. sounds good. Yeah, so Perry, Perry was one of the six. Uh, the others were Bill Fralick, uh, Ernie Holmes, formerly okay. of the Steelers, uh, Russ Francis of the Niners, whose dad was actually a wrestler in Hawaii. And Russ, Russ Francis was also a patriot for most of his career. 
Oh, okay. Uh, he was a Niner at the time. I remember that. Uh, former, okay. is he Defensive Player of the Year or M- Super Bowl MVP? I don't remember which, but Harvey Martin. Yep. And uh, an actual Pro Football Hall of Famer, Fridge's teammate, and the first one eliminated, Jimbo Covert. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah, so that is, so, yeah, so 21 years after his last WWE appearance and only appearance, he got inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. I should go through, we should just go through one thing just for shits and giggles. All the celebrities of that WrestleMania too, that featured the Where's the Beef Lady from the Wendy's commercial and Ricky Schroeder, my doppelganger. Oh, not Nice. Oh, yes. But that may be for another time. Uh, so, uh, you know, who, who, hmm? who has a better career now? Sorry. Me or Ricky Schroeder? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. No, Ricky Schroeder, the Where's the Beef Lady. <laughs> oh, well, Jesus. You know, up until about a what was it a year ago? What did what did Ricky do? Something was it uh, beating up his wife or girlfriend or something? I don't know. I haven't kept track. I haven't kept track of Ricky Schroeder that much. Well, because you don't look like him like I do. <laughs> you don't have this healthy hate, especially because I look like him as a kid too, and he was just always a little bit better looking than me too. And then and, fuck, he's on TV, and I'm not. Fuck this guy. Sorry. In 2019, he was arrested twice on suspicion of domestic violence. A woman involved in the incident was not identified, and he was not prosecuted on either, on either thing. So I'm sure he hasn't worked since. Well, he gave a bunch of money for Kyle Rittenhouse's uh, bail fund. So Is that a joke, or did he, he really do that? Form. He really did do that. He was probably the major contributor. You'd think he would... St- really need to keep his money for other things these days, but I guess those silver spoons ducats, huh? Man, what the, I guess the residuals are, and reruns and stuff, did him pretty well, so. Oh, well, this got dark really yeah. quick, so let's <laughs> let's get the hell out of there. Yeah. To, to uh, we could segue to another uh, person up from Kenosha to Milwaukee with uh, commentator Bob Euchre. Mm. Uh, I'm sure that Bob Uecker was a commentator and that he, uh, when they, someone got thrown out of the ring, he said, and then he got thrown just a bit outside. Oh, I wish he would have done that. (laughs) Yeah. That would have been so cool. Uh, he was a a guest ring announcer and then he did some commentary at two consecutive WrestleManias. Okay. I I feel like. I feel like I got part of Yeah, I think so. Well, I mean, like, he, he, he was there for his voice, and he was entertaining. Bob, Bob well, Bob Uecker can't yeah. not be entertaining. No, I still, I still think uh, that his reaction upon getting elected to the Hall of Fame, or the Baseball Hall of Fame as a announcer, is still one of the greatest ones of all time. He said, it's about time. I should have gotten in as a player. <laughs> it's a career 211 hitter. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like like he he's even right. said, like if if uh, if he could if he was if he ever had one good season, it would have ruined it for him. I know. So, all right, this one I don't think you're going to get. Uh, it's also the second celebrity inducted by Kane, and that probably won't help you. Drew Carey. No. Oh no, Drew Carey wrestled. Mm-hmm. I just think I've seen it, the highlights of Drew Carey. Carry wrestling in something. I don't know what, but I've seen I've seen him uh, wrestling somebody before. We're, we're we're playing fast and loose with the word highlight. 
right. I have seen video. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did wrestle, so I'll, I'm going to give you that one. He appeared unannounced at the as a participant in one of the Royal Rumbles. Where he, okay. he entered the ring. The Hardy Boys eliminated themselves, each other, and then Kane came to the ring and then pretty much scared him and then he ran over the top. He walked and ran over. He, he walked over or waddled over the top rope like I could have done that any more athletically than he did. So he was on screen <laughs> for a grand total of three minutes and, again, an unadvertised Was the, was the Royal Rumble in Cleveland? No. Uh, I don't remember where. But I'm, I know that Cleveland's never had one. Why the fuck do I know this? Because you are a nerd. Yes. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, okay, and here's probably the best one they have. Mike Tyson. Um, I'm sure that he was involved in a... Uh, um, let's see, who would he have wrestled? He wrestled uh, Booker T. No. He was the... Hulk Hogan. No. At WrestleMania 14, he was the special guest enforcer for the match where Stone Cold won the title against Shawn Michaels. And then he turned... And then he turned on... And he joined Degeneration X, uh, only to turn on them at the end. And he was on, on TV for two straight months promoting this. And... That investment helped turn around everything for the WWF, then named WWF against WCW. Mike Tyson loves pro wrestling. Nice. Yes, so a great inductee, and the next guy is actually a great inductee, although you hate this guy. Okay. Donald Trump. Yeah, I knew it was probably going to be him. <laughs> Why is he in? I mean, uh, because he is best friends with Vince McMahon, essentially. <laughs> it doesn't matter what else he did. That's all you really need to know. I but it's you, like, uh, oh, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to make comparisons going to make because it's unfair to both people. <laughs> but it, it helps, it helps that he and, that he and uh, McMahon are like prison buddies. So They are friends, so you get partial credit. But to be fair, Trump was heavily involved in a WrestleMania that I think is the highest drawing one where he put his hair on the line against Vince McMahon's hair when they both had uh, people wrestle on their behalf. And it did huge business. Hmm. So whatever we think of Mr. Trump, he belongs, if, he belongs in the celebrity wing, in my opinion. He That's did, he fine. Did. I have no trouble with him. I have no trouble with him in the celebrity wing of the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah, as a president, that's a different story. But we're getting we, that's a second political thing, and I think we've already expressed some leanings here, and we might be offending some people. So let's move on. We'll offend you later on with something else. Non-political. Okay, sounds good. All right. Sounds uh, good. Another great one. So three in a row that, are, that is fantastic. Mr. T. Yeah, that's... Uh he was in a WrestleMania, I'm pretty sure, correct? That is correct. The first one. And the second one. Yeah. The first one where he teamed yeah. up with Hulk Hogan against Piper, Roddy Piper, and Paul Orndorff. The second one where he was in a boxing match with Piper. 
how, uh, how, okay. how, how good do you think boxing is when it's fixed? How good do I think boxing is when it's fixed? Mm-hmm. Probably not that great. You are correct, sir. Extra point. <laughs> it was so bad that Piper, the great, the, one of the top heels ever, and Mr. T looked so shitty in the ring that for the first time ever, a WWF crowd chanted Roddy, Roddy. That never happened before. <laughs> Piper in his book said he got so pissed off at the way Mr. T was, wasn't even throwing punches in the ring that in the middle of the middle of the third and fourth round, Piper took his stool, stool and chucked it at him. Based wow. on the reaction of Mr. T, I would guess that wasn't planned. Probably not. Mm-hmm. All right, this one is a, the biggest name, but uh, probably shouldn't be here. I don't even remember what he did. So that's, so you can guess whatever, and I'll just say, yeah, sounds right. Arnold Schwarzenegger. He um, wrestled the, uh, the body Ventura for, to see who was the greatest governor. Would, <laughs> why didn't they ever think of that? That would have been a kick-ass match, wouldn't it? My governor's better than yours. I think I think I, I think I have the wrong. I think I'm in the wrong line, man. I think I should just be a WWE promoter, a writer. <laughs> well, it can't be worse than what they got now. I, I don't. I, I don't even know what the hell he did. I think he's just friends with a bunch of wrestlers through bodybuilding. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I know this much: the coolest picture I have ever seen in my life is with Andre the Giant. Schwarzenegger and Wilt Chamberlain and Andre and Chamberlain are holding up Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that one. Yeah, that is no matter what anyone does in life, and Evan's already established that I'm a nerd, so it's not that much. But no matter what you've done in life, it's not cooler than that picture. <laughs> yeah, they make they make Schwarzenegger look like uh, Tom Cruise, Danny DeVito, someone like absolutely tiny. Oh, it's so. it's, it's, it's an insane. Absolutely insane. Uh, Snoop Dogg. Uh, he was actually a, uh, a doctor who helped people with their pain. <laughs> with, with, I'm sure, uh, some special you, herb. You, 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 yeah, using, using uh, specially designed herbal supplements. So... Uh, he is, I think, from what I recall, he was an occasional, he did a couple guest host things, and then he was, I think, a host of a Women's Battle Royal, which, yeah, he came up with a pimp chair and a pimp cup. So I think that sort of explained how he sort of, they viewed women's wrestling at the time. Having said that, that year, no, that year, though, when he was inducted, he wrapped his his real life cousin or niece i don't know whether it's cousin or niece sasha banks down the aisle hmm. so i think you but i want to say that snoop really likes wrestling but let's be honest i i think for the right price snoop would endorse anything and every and everything how does he get a pass evan because he's the he's taking over the crown from willie nelson like he's he's this next generation's Willie Nelson. That's a good. You know, that's, that's, you're right. Willie Nelson could pretty much do everything either, and no one would give a shit. Give a shit. That's Willie. 
Snoop Dogg can do whatever the hell he wants. He just hosted the Puppy Bowl with Martha Stewart. And he doesn't lose any street. Well, he and Martha Stewart are like best friends. They're legitimately best friends. Well, I mean, she, she has spent more time in jail than him. That is true. And I'm pretty sure she's capped more people than he has. I mean, wait, did I say that loud? <laughs> Don't come out free, Martha. I'm sorry. <laughs> and our final one, Kid Rock. Hmm. I'm sure he wrestled, um, and he lost so badly that he now looks like uh, Dr. Phil wearing a wig. No, he, they, he did a set. Uh, at WrestleMania, I think it was WrestleMania 25, and then at the end of his he- end of his set, I think the song was so hot, and then the 25 women and the 25 women battle royal came out as they all sort of ogled Kid Rock, just to show again where women's wrestling was at that point in time. The winner was Santino Morella dressed up as a woman, calling her himself Santina. Wow. Yeah. That's it. I I, I think I think yeah. Even though the, you flunked on the last one, I, I think you won first. You passed the other two non-existent competitors. But, excellent. I still maintain though that Kid Rock now does look like Doctor Phil wearing a wig. No, I, n- I never thought about that, but fuck, he kind of does, doesn't he? At some point, yeah, I, I don't mean, know what happened. What, what, what I never understood is, at some point. When you get to be a certain age, do you not maybe drop some some names from all that shit? I mean, Bow Wow figured out before he was 20, hey, maybe I don't want to be little Bow Wow anymore. I'm a full-grown Bow Wow. <laughs> but it was the right move. Probably. I mean, it sounds stupid when you do it. Of course, he, I guess he can't just call himself Rock, can he? Okay, here we go. He can fight yeah. Dwayne Johnson for that. That's there. You go. Book it. Uh, I'm pretty sure Dwayne Johnson um, would have to be uh, basically tied one arm behind his back and blindfolded to give Kid Rock a chance to escape the ring before anything bad happened. So I, I don't know why it is that I'd actually want to see that. I don't even because hate. You- Mm-hmm. You don't even hate Kid Rock? No, I don't hate Kid Rock. <laughs> I, I, I don't like a lot of his opinions, but I do. Well, I do. Mar- Go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, I was just, well, just going to say, like, musically, I have mad respect for anyone who can cover a lot of the genres that he has. Mm-hmm. Does he look like a white trash dirt bag? Yes. Does he think like one? Yes. Does he have some incredible musical talent? I think he does. I agree. I agree. He's got some musical talent. Yes. So. But the voters uh, don't maybe agree with me because his vote his voting on the uh, not Hall of Fame's rock section isn't good. Mm-hmm. He keeps going down every year. Probably will again. But moving on, should we get to uh, one of my favorite segments, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly? Let's see if I queued this up right. Oops. Oh, I didn't do that right. 
Let me try that again. The good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, that's good enough. I'm not. I'm not going back to do this again. They're not all gems, Evan. They're not all gems. <laughs> well, hopefully, we, we're going to start with the good here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, something I was reading today. Uh, I've actually, I think, it got posted in one of our, uh, probably our baseball thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just the record number of women. Who oh, are yeah, yeah, going to be that. in baseball this season? Was it did you see that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, was it twenty-three coaches? Yeah. I think. Yeah, twenty-three female coaches, including uh, the one the first we really talked about in the article is Bianca Smith, mm-hmm. who's uh, first black woman hired as a minor league instructor by the Red Sox. Again, one of the historically, I not anymore, but historically mm-hmm. one of the most racist organizations in the history of sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, just, I just like the idea that a lot of more, there's a lot more diversity in, in who's being allowed into the brain trust of these different sports. Uh, and it's going to be making a difference in the way things are run and the way things are done. We have Kim Ng mm-hmm. being the first ever um, general manager. Uh, now we're having more and more coaches get in. I think it's good for the sport particularly a sport that needs new ideas coming in. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I think, I think it's a really great thing to see this happening unexpectedly, really. Like I didn't, I didn't realize that this was very much a thing. I know in football, the, the 49ers had an offensive line coach and I think there's a strength conditioning coach somewhere mm-hmm. uh, who else who also is female. Uh, but it's just not something you see a ton of no. and you're seeing more and more of it. And I just, I was, shocked that there were 23 of them all of a sudden through the system not that that's i know baseball's got you know 17 levels or if Mon, rob manford have his way he's eliminate the entire minor leagues apparently um but uh yeah it's it, i thought it was pretty cool to, to see that unexpectedly today and the report on it was uh was pretty neat so yeah i, I, I think that's pretty, i think yeah. it's good I, no i agree with you and like to anyone who was sort of like thinking well okay well it's not like they're playing okay yeah i know they're not that's it doesn't mean that they can't sort of contribute in different ways. We all know that uh, if we look at who's the assistant coach uh, for the Spurs, uh, Becky Harmon. Thank you. All right. Harmon. Harmon. Thank you. Uh, so like great, uh, great woman's player. Could she have played on the NBA level? Absolutely not. There are a hell of a lot of coaches who make, who make it that level could, who made it there couldn't either, but her fundamentals were sick. So it's not like she can't, there's not there's nothing that they can't they, they can't bring to the table. How many managers or coaches didn't have the, the physical skill to make it as a as a manager? A whole lot of them. How many of them can? But they all can add something a little bit different. So why not? Yeah. No one can give me a good reason why you can't hire a female for any of these positions. I don't care that they wouldn't have been good no, enough to play. I don't give a shit. So yeah, I, that's a good good. Yeah. And by the way, I misremembered. It's Becky Hammond, not Harmon. I had the wrong oh, okay. last name, so I just wanted to make sure I got that right. So, uh, but yeah, no, it, there, there's there's absolutely no there's absolutely nothing wrong with anyone's brain, and if they have a different idea and a way to do things in a way that might make things better, or a way that might make baseball more interesting, because let's be honest, it's. 
not got the best people in charge right now and it hates itself and it needs a makeover and they need to figure something out. Um, so uh, I just thought it was a pretty cool thing today. So that was my good. Mm-hmm. Well, what's our, what's the bad? Um, so I'm 50, 50 on the bad. Um, <laughs> uh, so, cause the bad and the ugly are equally, I'm, again, I'm trying to stay away from politics. Uh, so I'm, I'm not going to go there. I think since we've talked about so much, I'm going to make the bad uh, Tony Busby, the attorney who's bringing all these charges against Deshaun Watson. And it's not for the reason he's bringing against Deshaun Watson. So a couple days ago, he had released a statement basically saying someone asked why there weren't any police reports for any of these cases. And he's saying that he wasn't bringing any of this information to the police basically because they thought they might be biased in favor of the Texans or biased against him because of past connections of different things. To which I say, then get yourself off of this case. <laughs> if everything you say is true, and we, I'm having less and less reason to believe it, the more people who are acute, allegedly accusing him, and again I'm saying allegedly because we have no idea who any of these people are. Nobody has any idea who these people are. Uh, uh, people are like, well, come out in the trial. You and I both agree. There's probably not going to be a trial. No. Because this is something that usually gets settled. I don't know what any of this is or if it's true or anything. And if he's correct, though, and, and Deshaun Watson is a serial groper, I don't, I don't want to say rapist because that's not a groper, sexual assaulter, whatever you want to say. Someone needs to investigate that. And if they can't investigate that because you are personally involved in it, then get yourself out of there. You're essentially allowing a criminal to run free if everything you're saying is true. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. If I could do a a quick rant, though. Oh, sorry. No, actually, uh, finish that, and then I just want to do a quick rant on something. No, no, go 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 with your rant. Okay, so I listen to a few things from some of the right wing sports media, and then I always find it funny that there's left wing and far left wing sports and right wing sports. I, I don't quite get that, but here we are in twenty two and one, and that exists. And I listen to both because I like hearing as much information as I can. I will say that when a lot of the right wing sports are saying, "Well, you know, look, look at look at ESPN. They're not talking enough about Deshaun Watson." What are you going to say? At this point, I mean, there's so right. many goddamn holes in this. Like, what is it that you want? You want them to attack? They want them to sort of like put the scarlet letter on him right now? You know, and if, yeah, that, I, and if all this shit comes true, yeah, I'll help you put it on him. Maybe not. He's a lot bigger than me. But it's, you know, it, it, at this point, I mean, like, they're not holding back. At least I would like to think that they're not holding back because he is a bit of an SJW and that, which is what they're accusing ESPN of. And I, have attacked ESPN many times and I probably will again, I'll defend them on this one. Like they have reported it. They've talked about it. They're not belaboring it because what are you, how much more can you talk about when a lot of these things are sealed? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It just, it, it doesn't matter what ESPN does. They were very political for a while and, 
and right wing pundits got their panties in a bunch over everything that happened all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're just going to be they're just going to be doing that no matter what else happens. So and, then, I, and that's I, where we are, unfortunately. Where and and, yeah. and every now and sometimes I'll agree with them com- completely, but we're in that weird space right now where if you sort of align with one tribe, then whatever you're thinking can't be true. And I refuse to subscribe to any of that. I will and always be a political free agent. And I do feel that right now Deshaun Watson is getting probably the right amount of press attention for a very strange case that it is. Yeah. That's honestly what I feel. But anyway. But moving on. Anyway, Mr. Mr. Busby is my bad because he is completely ineffective as a counsel at this point. This seems to be all about him and making himself famous rather than actually doing anything that's the way it's supposed to be done. Uh, And he goes so far as to say because Rusty Harden's son is a Houston police officer while noting that his own brother-in-law is also a Houston police officer, that the entire investigation be tainted because Rusty Harden's son is a police officer in the police in Houston. Kind of, I don't know about it. Like, just, if this is your issue, get out. And he, he also ran for mayor of Houston and lost. So apparently that, of course, would also be a problem. Like, this whole thing just seems like a political game for some reason, and I don't get it. I don't understand why it's being done this way. All I know is if if all he's saying is true and he can't go to the police because of his connection to the police somehow, then he needs to leave. He needs to step aside and give it to somebody else. But he won't because I'm beginning to believe more and more that there's no there there. You know, like the- he's doing he's doing too many things saying don't look behind the curtain. Like if there was something there, we'd have something more. We'd have something more concrete at this point. We have twenty-one accusers. It's twenty-one now, allegedly. Again, yeah, twenty-one. Nobody knows who any of them are. We have twenty-one accusers, allegedly. But there's no. There's nothing. There's no investigation. There's nothing. This whole thing is odd. So. Th- this could be the first year that Jacksonville Jaguar. Merchandise outsells Texans. Well, the Jaguars are going back to their home game in London. I'm pretty sure, right? Oh, actually, you know what? I should I should take the uh, I should take that back because they're probably going to get they're probably going to do well with Trevor Lawrence merchandise, assuming that he's. Well, I mean, it's still, yeah, it's, you know, they're going to pick him. It'd still be the same situation. But I mean, they, they got the extra home game. They're trying to play games in London. Jaguars mm. are the home team for. Uh, for Tottenham Hotspur. So uh, I'd imagine that they're going to play. And I saw that the Falcons are going to play uh, in in that Tottenham Stadium, Wembley Stadium as well. So either they are playing the – well, they're not playing the Jaguars, are they, in their extra game? I, I haven't looked at I the schedule. Although, although well, since you brought that up, uh, at some point right before the NFL season, uh, we have to sort of address which record is going to fall first. Oh, I know. Well, that's easy. Oh, the, the record's going to fall first. It's Eric Dickerson's. The rushing one. Yeah. Henry's just going to obliterate that. With an extra game? Are you kidding me? Oh, I hate Unless this. he gets injured, that's falling. 
I, I hate the 17 game idea, but oh well. Nobody consulted me. No. And then they, but they, but you see, they also get a Packers Chiefs game out of it. They got a Cowboys Patriots game out of it. Uh, they got like some interesting matchups extra that they wouldn't have normally had. Mm. Um, so of course it's a money grab that's going to look good. They also get, you know, a Buccaneers Colts game, which I guess is good because it's Brady against the Colts, but not exactly two rabid fan bases. So. Anyway, all right, so, all right, so the ugly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the ugly, I'm going to uh, going to a company that did an April Fool's joke <laughs> that backfired to the point that they are being investigated by the SEC. Um, I'm going to take you back to a simpler time. I believe it was 2016 or 2017, which really wasn't a simpler time. But for the point of the story, we're going to say that. Um, when the European automobile manufacturer Volkswagen got caught faking their emissions standards and was basically lying like anything. And they fired their executive and they replaced them and vowed to, do, vowed to be better. And it appeared they were on the right track to do so. They've actually spent a whole bunch of money. They're going to be going into Sweden. They're working with a Swedish company. Uh, to make batteries in electric cars much more powerful and smart, because that's the biggest problem electric cars have right now is the, the lack of power in the battery for long periods of time and the fact it's so heavy, which compounds the problem. So they've been working on that for a while, and they're going to build 18,000 charging stations across Europe for people to go and be able to charge their cars. It all just seemed like they're moving that direction. So a few days before, today's April Fool's Day, a few days before this, like, Tuesday, I think, they uh, had a memo leak, and you can't see my air quotes over the phone, but the leak, uh, that they were changing their name in the United States from Volkswagen to Volkswagen with a T. They show how they're going to electric cars. I actually thought it was a pretty cool idea, good idea, also getting away from Volkswagen, which, of course, is one of those companies that came up with the Nazis, so, you know, maybe moving away from that, not the worst idea. They were called about it by the AP and others. They said, oh, no, this was released. It was, it's true. We're, we didn't mean for it to be released. This is going to be happening in May. And their stock price jumped 12.5% on Tuesday. <laughs> Turns out it was an April Fool's joke, and they're not actually going to do it. But the name change with the stock price jump and confirming that it was real is technically price manipulation, and they are going to probably be investigated and fined by the SEC for it. So, and it also takes all the goodwill they had from trying to fix their things in the past and kind of makes a joke out of it and makes them look like a-holes again. As, as someone who's part German, I can always say, that side of my family is just not funny. Yeah, <laughs> but or that Canadian the, uh, Quebec side. Oh, oh no, I, I, I was trying to think of that that uh, that uh, shirt I saw through Europe when I was like fourteen. I spent a summer in Austria, and there's a shirt all through Europe about heaven and hell, and uh, it was heaven is where all the policemen are. Uh, all the policemen are British. Cooks are French, 
love uh, mechanics are German, lovers are Greek, and all are organized by the Swiss. Hell is where all the cooks are British. Mechanics <laughs> are French. Policemen are German. Lovers are Swiss, and all are organized by the Greeks. As a shirt that was going on back then. Right? And comedians are also something that they don't do well. Uh, comedy over in, no. in uh, Germany. No, they do yeah. not. Uh, uh, yes, uh, German German comedies. Well, it's it's about as uh, it's about as good as their uh, scat films, which they're also known for. Oh god! No, are. no, 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 no! Back up! <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't even ever want to touch that topic in the, on our podcast. Thank you very much. Okay. Well, I, so I anyway, th- that'll be the last time we ever touch German <laughs> scat. So let's move on. Wow. You went back there again. So anyway, <laughs> Volkswagen, that was ugly. That's a very bad way to do things. It's a bad way to scrounge a whole bunch of goodwill that you've been building up and you got yourself investigated. And Tesla didn't have to do anything and it just looks better by comparison, which is ridiculous because Tesla's run by a megalomaniacal maniac. So, um, yeah, good for you. That, you're, you're, you're the ugly of the week. Okay, so I guess now we've we've lost a few people. Uh, no major names. One one I'm sort of want to talk about a little bit about. Uh, do you want to build up to that? Yeah, let's build up to that. So first of all, the uh, the beige mistress was pretty quiet again. They Hungary lost a former secretary of, I believe, it was aquaculture, which I didn't even know is a thing. Um, Women aquaculture. I believe it was. Hold on, I'll double check. It was something weird. It was like having to do with, with. Um, I think they actually keep keep it all. I mean, I'll find it before I. Is it, is it sort of like studying the culture of the group that gave us Barbie Girl? <laughs> if only. But, sorry, no. He was the Hungarian agrarian manager. Sorry about that. Oh, I, agriculture. I was wrong. It was. Yeah, but it wasn't agriculture. I knew it wasn't agriculture. It had something to do with it. So. Mm. Anyway, regardless. So I, I wouldn't say anything particularly. That was just the Hungarian guy who passed away. So I wouldn't say anything big about that. So anyway, um, we did lose uh, one of the last few from Watergate, this beat G. Gordon Liddy, who apparently actually had a license plate that, that said H2O Gate. Wait, he d- he died this week? embarrassing, honestly. Yep, he died... Uh, on the thirtieth, all right, two so, days ago, at the age of ninety. All right, I, I, I've got a tie back in from what we just t- talked about earlier. G. Gordon Liddy was one of the celebrities at WrestleMania two, judging that boxing match between Piper and Mister T. Oh boy! I again, why I remember this? And when because Piper got disqualified when he body slammed Mister T in the fourth round. And guest and guest commentator Susan St. James, who you may remember from Kate and Alley, said, "Well, can't G. Gordon Liddy step in? He was a former judge, right?" That actually happened. <laughs> wow. Per- well, there you go. G. Gordon Liddy passed the age of ninety. I just figured we'd bring that up. Aren't there many Watergate people left? So, see you later, sir. Um, we did lose a couple of pretty big authors this week. Uh, Larry McMurtry, uh, who wrote uh, Terms of Endearment, uh, Last Picture Show, 
and of course Lonesome Dove. Hmm. Um, and did the and did the uh, screenplay for Brokeback Mountain, uh, to which uh, he had one of the greatest quotes of all time. They said, "I hate it that people call Brokeback Mountain a gay cowboy movie. They're itinerant farmhands." <laughs> <laughs> You know, I tricked my dad into watching that movie because he just likes every, every movie oh, yeah? that's got uh, westerns and horses. So, so you know, I, we gave him that. My brother and I gave him that for you know for uh, for Christmas. So yeah, go 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 down there and watch. How did you it? Oh, halfway after where he came up, he said, "What the hell's going? What the hell?" Different time from you know, <laughs> he wasn't really quite understanding of of all that. Because we, we we checked down on him about like a half hour, and she was like, "Dude, this this movie's pretty boring." Nothing's happening. And then something happened. <laughs> ah, yes, the older uh, generation. Yeah, so, yeah, Larry McMurtry passed at the age of 84. Um, and the same day, at 84, it's hard to have somebody who's 20 years your senior uh, pass away the same day as you. But Beverly Cleary passed away. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the age of 104. Huh. It was the Ramona a few, stuff, a few right? A years ago, yeah, um, Ramona and, um, and like, all, there's all those. There's uh, uh, the one that, what's the name of the, um, the name of the, uh, the mouse and the motorcycle. That was the one my kids liked so much. But, yeah, she passed away at the age of 104. She, uh, Olivia Haviland, and Kirk Douglas all had the opportunity to turn 100 the same year, and they all made it. Uh, Douglas died last year at 102. Olivia Havilland died later last year at 103. And Cleary was the last one at 104 uh, of, of that group. So, yeah, uh, long time to, to go. She wrote for 50 years and had been retired for 22 at this point uh, when she passed away. So, and one of those big parts of a lot of our childhood. So, uh, there's actually a picture of her as a senior at the University of California, Berkeley mm-hmm. in 1938. Mm. She was a senior in 38. That's a long time ago. So anyway, all right. So back, back to people who we actually do stuff with here. Um, a couple, we lost a couple of Olympic gold medalists. Uh, this week we lost Ursula Hoppe, who is a German Olympic swimming champion in 1956. Uh, Melbourne Games in the 200-meter breaststroke. She passed away at the age of 94. Her son actually played uh, handball internationally for West Germany, Mm. uh, Thomas Hoppe. We also lost Toshihiko Koga, who won the gold in uh, judo in in, uh, 1992 Barcelona and is regarded as one of the greatest judo judokas in the history of judo. Uh, he was won the also world championships in 89, 91, and 95. Uh, so one of the great judokos died at only at the age of 53 of cancer. Yeah. So, uh, Dave, yeah. So, um, we also lost from baseball. Uh, we lost three people this week. We lost, uh, Joe Cunningham, who played for the St. Louis Cardinals, Chicago White Sox, and Washington Senators from 54 to 66. Was a two-time All-Star, both times in 59, back when they had two All-Star games. Um, he first baseman and right fielder. 
Uh, only batted 290. I mean, he batted 291 in his career. Uh, 64 homers, 436 RBI. But uh, he passed away at the age of 89. Um, also lost Ken Wrights, uh, better known as Zamboni, his nickname. Uh, played for the Cardinals, uh, Giants, Cubs, and Pirates. Was an All Star in 1980. Won a Gold Glove in '75 uh, as a third baseman. Um, played. Most of his career with the Cardinals, he had two stints of them, 72 to 75 and 77 to 80. Um, but he passed away at the age of 69. Actually, what did he pa- I actually don't know what he passed from. So, uh, yeah, so Zamboni Wrights passed away. And finally, from baseball, we lost Bobby Brown, uh, who was 96 when he passed. He was uh, played for the Yankees from 46 to 54. Uh, but more importantly, uh, so he won four World Series with them in 47, 49, 50, and 51. But more importantly, he became the president of the American League uh, for quite a while, um, from uh, 1984 and held a post until 1994. His, his career ended when he uh, uh, handed the World Series trophy to the Blue Jays at the end of the 93 World Series. So... Um, yeah, so uh, another important person in baseball is the last living member of the 47 World Series team uh, for the for the Yankees. You, you know so. what? Every time he had to like make a tough decision and people questioned him on, on it, he just said, well, you know, it's my prerogative. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was trying to come up with something with every little step. We, 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 oh. we may need a new edition of this, epi- of this episode. Oh, um, Anyway. <laughs> Damn. Um, anyway. Uh, also, professional golfer Jerry McGee passed away at the age of 77. Five wins on the PGA Tour. Uh, he finished fifth in the Masters in 72, sixth in the PGA in 77. Uh, but, yeah, uh, five-time winner on the Tour and one on the um, the uh, Champions Tour as well. Uh, passed Seven this week. Uh, former hockey player Bobby Smart passed away at the age of 76. Played for the Blackhawks, Canucks, Bruins, Edmonton Oilers, and the Colorado Rockies. Here's a trivia question. Mm-hmm. The Colorado Rock- hockey team became what franchise? Oh, New Jersey Devils. Oh, very good. I knew you'd know. I, I, as we've yeah. said, you are a nerd. I am. I know, but uh, he... Uh, he passed away at the age of 76. Um, so, but he had a he had a long career in the NHL. Uh, was that 16 seasons, which is a pretty good pretty good run. Um, and finally, I guess the biggest name who passed away this week, uh, Howard Schnellenberger, uh, passed away. Yeah, I think um, what, what surprised me. Uh, not that he's not in the College uh, Football Hall of Fame, because. Uh, as much as there are so many people they, they look at, there's only so many people you can get to. He's not eligible. Can you explain why? Yeah. Uh, he, one of the requirements for a coach is you have to have a winning percentage of 600. And he doesn't. I mean, and a lot of that is sort of like due to his uh, time when he built the Florida Atlantic program from nothing. Literally nothing. This is one of those correct terms where I'm saying the word literally correctly. 
the most misused word I think in all of English. So yeah, that's why he, he's not he's not eligible. And what he did bring taking a program again from nothing to respectability, and Florida Atlantic has certainly done a lot better since. And then Miami, what he did there, I mean, they they were at death's door, not because of a death penalty, just because they were that bad. They were actually talking about dropping the whole program. And then five years later, he takes them to a national championship. How crazy is yeah. that? Yep. So I, mean, I didn't realize that was that you had to have a 600 winning percentage. No, I, I didn't, I didn't know that. I just learned that this week after he passed. He's 158, 151 and three mm-hmm. is, as a coach in, in the NCAA, including going six and zero in bowl. So he's also the head coach of the uh, Baltimore Colts. Yeah, that that, at that one point. Yeah, that run is definitely well under six hundred. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, four ten and zero. And then lost the three uh, in the first year, and then lost three games the second year, and then was fired. Yeah, like what so. is it? I think well, the Florida Atlantic. That's probably what put him well under six hundred. Had to be. Uh, Florida Atlantic. He was fifty-eight and seventy-four. So yes. Mm-hmm. Without that, he's a hundred and eighty, hundred and seventy-seven and three. Mm. So what's a hundred given to one hundred and eighty? That's got to be 60%, right? I would think. <clears throat> but, yeah, it's a, that's somebody who's never going to be considered unless they sort of alter a rule, which they're not going to do. Yeah, he, he was also named the um, – he won a Lifetime Achievement Award, though. The Paul Bear Bryant Lifetime Achievement Award in 2021. It's an awards banquet. Uh, or he was done earlier this year, um, given to – yeah, they give it to the top uh, the top coach in college football every single year, but they give a lifetime achievement award every year as well. They gave it to Howard Stellenberger this year, earlier this year. So yeah, and, uh, at least one that, I guess. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I guess maybe before we get uh, to our, our final segment, uh, we should uh, mention uh, not a passing, but a retirement of someone uh, of a two-time Hall of Famer of you know Roy Williams is stepping down as the head coach of the men's program, men's basketball program at uh, UNC. Yeah, saying that he wasn't the right man for the job anymore, which is an interesting way to put that. Yeah, I thought so too. Uh, it's been some interesting things uh, from or coach speak rather. Uh, I, I kind of want to address something that Kim Mulkey did th- this this week uh, before, but I guess a little bit more on Roy Williams. Just a bit of blatant self promotion from us. Uh, Roy Williams, who is in the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, the College Basketball Hall of Fame, and is one of the nominees in the coaching division for the United States Athletic Hall of Fame. Not on HallOfFame.com forward slash USA. Well plugged. Well done. Thank you. Uh, any other comments on uh, Mr. Williams? That is an interesting thing the way you sort of said. Uh, I wonder why you would say it like that. 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, he had his only first round loss ever in in thirty in his thirty NCAA tournaments when they lost to Wisconsin. Um, he went forty hundred eighteen and one hundred one at Kansas, which is an eight eighty percent eight point eight oh five winning percentage. Uh, won nine conference titles, four ter- uh, conference tourney titles. 34 and 14 in the NCAA tournament, four Final Fours, but no national championships, which is pretty much Hall of Fame worthy as it is. Mm-hmm. Then he went to North Carolina and went, won 485 and 163, where for a 74.8 winning percentage, uh, nine conference titles, three conference tourney titles, 45 and 13 in the tournament, five Final Fours, and three national titles. Like, that's. It's disgusting. Incredible. It is. Uh, so I guess, That's not... Yeah, no, yeah. I, it's, it's, it's incredible what he accomplished. And again, just stepping in in those two giant programs of Kansas and UNC mm-hmm. and knocking it out of the park in both yeah. places. That's a legend. He's the, only, he's the only men's basketball coach to win 400 games at two Division One programs. And he went, I'm doing the math here quickly. At those two places, he went 803 and 164. 264. 803 and 264. That's like a 771 percentage. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, he, uh, sorry, that says it right here. 774. 903, sorry, 903 and 264, a 774 winning percentage. That's amazing. So, so before I, I guess I close off with with elevator up and elevator down, uh, I saw this, this one thing, and I, and I haven't been watching the women's tournaments. Uh, I really should give women's basketball another chance. I know what the I say this all the time, and then I just never wind mm-hmm. up watching it. Something else always sort of takes my mind or my viewing options away from it. But I read something that Kim Mulkey said, uh, and she's the head coach of uh, Baylor on the women's side before they were going up against UConn. And she said, well, I, I'm not going to be able to outcoach Gino. Why would you, mm-hmm. why would you say that? I don't know. For what purpose <laughs> do, you, do you say something like that? How does this – and she's – is she a Hall of Famer? I think so. Already, I, I believe she is. Uh, she's been nominated. Yeah, I'm ninety-seven percent sure she is. Okay, so then why the heck? I'll look that up while you're talking. Okay, I don't understand, and maybe because I haven't been a head coach at this type of level or anything like that. But where? What's the motivational words behind that? How does this make your players think? Well, yeah, maybe <coughs> this. Well, she's just going to put us in the wrong spot. We're playing the wrong side of the chess piece here. We're already like two two nights down because because we're not playing for Gino. Like I don't get it. What am I missing here in this yeah, in the Svengali thinking? Well, I mean the the only problem is she she it didn't matter how she coached. She just needed to pay off the reps because that was a foul at the end of that game. Okay, um, I, I didn't I didn't see it. Yeah, I know they lost, but I, okay. Oh, the the very the very last shot. Her player, I, I can't remember her name, uh, went up and just got absolutely hacked, like arm right in the middle of her forearm, like when, in her shooting motion. 100% a foul, not called. Airballed it. Um, 
for she was fouled. It wasn't called. Now there's no guarantee she's going to make the two free throws, but she does. She ties the game, and who knows what happens at that point. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know why she did that. And then, and then at the end of the game, she complained about that call with referees, which I understand. Um, but yeah, that, I don't know. It was just weird. And she was elected, by the way, in 2020. Okay. So she, she'll be a part of the class that's going in. So Yeah, I just thought that was probably the dumbest thing I've ever seen a Hall of Fame or near Hall of Fame, well, Hall of Fame coach, as, as it turned out to be, just ever say like, in, a, in a public setting. I, I just don't understand why you're saying something like that unless you're trying to, what, make, like, loosen Geno's guard? I don't think so. All right, let me, let me play conspiracy theory here. Uh, UConn's got that fr- the one that, that freshman who just won uh, the first freshman to win Player of the Year, right? Uh, yeah, she's uh, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. What the the women's basketball the tournament and like you talked about it last week, how they did a really shitty job with, you know, the equipment and everything as the pictures that sort of came out. And again, I don't want to hear that they don't make them, they don't make any money, which is true. They don't. They've never actually made money on this tournament. Yes, it doesn't matter. Title IX, it's there for a reason. So that, mm-hmm. to me, that's not a reason. But if this, if this girl is as good as everyone says, and I believe Diana Taurasi just said that she's already the best women's basketball player right now. Is it not in their best interest to sort of have uh, to try and build everything around this person? I don't know. It would be, yeah. Uh-huh. And it, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that there is. I'm, I'm not saying that there's not. But they need a star for women's basketball. What, what, what does the WNBA have, or, or or what don't they have? They don't have stars. Yes, we we talk about. I just talked about Diana Taurasi. Is she a star? Not really. Diana Taurasi? No, she's, when it comes to, and when I'm talking about a star, I'm talking about like a celebrity athlete at a level where, where, where they say something in its news, where they transcend the sport. They don't have a women's basketball player that transcends the sport. They need one. Okay, I guess that's true. Well, Diane Taurasi is she's a star. One of the sure, she's a star in women's basketball. Does that make her a marketable star elsewhere? It doesn't. They've never had one. Hmm. Someone who's going to put asses in seats and make you pay for it. Megan Rapinoe is almost becoming that. But is she someone that you'd pay to listen to her talk? Or would you pay to watch her play? Don't know. Megan Rapino? Yeah, Megan Rapino. Soccer? Yes. Oh, come on. You are, she's, she's the best. She was the best soccer player in the world, dude. Sure. But what has she done since? People, people watch Megan Rapino. It it's been a year with COVID. What do you mean? What has she done since? Well, I believe it was Janet Jackson who said, what have you done for me lately? She <laughs> is still starring on the bed. She's still the best soccer player. Well, I don't know if she's the best soccer player because their teammates are so good. But she's still the best soccer player on the best soccer team in the world. Sure, but are people, people go to see her play? Now you're just getting ridiculous. All right, fine. I'm getting ridiculous. I'm getting ridiculous, but 
I'm not wrong. I mean, I, I, but I mean, okay. Basketball I, I mean, needs. If you want, if you want, if you want to say women's basketball, fine. But but Megan Rapinoe is is a step too far. Okay, but how much more do they have left to milk out of her? Was she thirty five? Yeah, she's thirty five. But I mean, but she's not the only one on on that team who's very good. But she's the only one who transcends the sport. The others don't. You know, you you talked about before like Q rating. Megan Rapinoe's got a Q rating. Right. Who else? Um I, I mean, Alex Morgan, Kelly Lloyd, like I, they're good I don't players. know Rose Lavelle. Yeah, like I, I can name, I can name like the entire team if you want, but I mean, I don't know, I don't know what to tell you if you don't. I, I okay. mean, Alex Morgan is probably the next one, but she has to be because if she's not, because that's that's the one big thing. Like, what, what, why do sports succeed? Because of superstars who become bigger than the game. Best, best thing that ever happened to baseball was Babe Ruth in the, in the 1920s. Was Agreed. He, yeah. So Megan Rapinoe, whether people love her or hate her, it's a great thing for the sport, in my opinion. Because it's got a lot of people talking about this sport. Women's basketball needs this. They need somebody that's going to be bigger than the game and outside of that. To get people to, to get a little bit more mainstream. That's what I think. This is a long way to way for me to go to for a possible conspiracy on a game I didn't watch. Yeah. I don't you went you went a long way down that road. I I, uh, I, I mean I think I think I think one of the one of the I mean, there are many tragedies, but one of the tragedies of the Kobe Bryant helicopter crash mm-hmm. is that know. Gianna Bryant may have been that person. I think so. And that's what he was grooming her to be. That's why he would say things like, well, I think some of these women could play in the NBA now. He knows they couldn't. But what, what, what was he doing? He was being a good, uh, what do they call it, girl dad. I didn't, a term I never heard before that. And he wanted the WNBA to succeed. And those were the things that he was saying to sort of like help that and be a good dad to his daughter. I agree with ex- everything that you just said. Mm. They need somebody to sort of like turn, turn a lot of the whole thing around and the, and the perception of it. Because you and I have talked about women's sports all the time. All the we time. Do. And there's only, and I'm not a big tennis person, but there's only one tennis person or tennis player that I would pay to see right now, and that's Serena Williams. I would go out of my way in mixed martial arts to watch Amanda Nunez. Mm. Yeah, you can get me to watch MMA. So okay, but um, there's. I, 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 I mean, I have to say, Naomi Osaka. Uh, like there, there's some, there's some female tennis players I would pay to see, other than just. Serena Williams. Um, I suppose there's others for me, for me, but, but yeah. male or female, that's my number one. And whoever's number two, I have to think about it. It's not even close. Because to me, she's a star. Fair enough. 
and I think that's what I'm trying to say is when I, when I say the word star, I'm talking about someone who, again, with that Q rating, who just sort of like is somebody that you can sort of like put a Nike commercial on just that person, not just sort of like throw them in as a token or in a montage. They've never okay. had one. And that, and that's what I mean. So is Diana Taurasi a star? Yeah, absolutely. In, in that realm. Yes. I'm just sort of like talking about somebody who when they're walking in the airport, there's like a hundred people around them because they can't believe that that person is there. That's what I mean. Okay. That's what they need. And Megan's that. All right. Megan is completely that. And I will, I love trash talkers who back it up and she put the biggest bullseye on her back and she kicked ass. And that's awesome. Forget what you think about her. Yeah. If, if you dislike that, her politics, I think what that that was the most incredible performance I ever saw, and I loved watching the Women's World. Yeah, I watched a lot of it and I enjoyed it, and I I wanted to see more, but then obviously COVID happened. But I don't think she went to went to play more, and I that's something that I I really want to see a lot of the stuff grow, but it only grows as far as your top person can let you do that. And I don't know. And once uh, Megan's done, because she is in the back end, back nine. She's not in the middle six. Of course, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You know, but I mean that, that's the, that's the thing though. So there will be somebody else because, like, for at least in women's soccer, there. I mean, you could say Martha again. She's Brazilian, but she's way up there in, in terms of ability and things like that. It's just because there's someone who's fading. Someone else will come up. Yeah, that's what I mean, true. we had Mia Ham. We've had other people along the way. It's just they they have to pop up every once in a while, at least for women's soccer. Uh, as for basketball, I understand. I mean, Dan Tarasi is one of the. You don't always say this term about uh, about a woman, but she's one of the toughest SOBs who's ever played the game of basketball. She trash talks like anything and backed it up her entire career. But again, you're right. She can't dunk. And that's one of those things that you kind of need to do in, in, in basketball in order to get a ton of attention. I mean, just remember how much attention Tamika Catchings got when she finally did it. You know what I mean? So I just, I don't, yeah, I guess women's basketball probably does need one. I just know where they're going to find that. They need someone transcendent. And And that might be, and that might be her. Or, you know, I'm being very actually. You know what? I'm being very disrespectful. I, I'm blanking on her name. Paige, is it? Uh, I just, yeah, Paige. I, just, I, just I can read. never. I don't know how to pronounce that name. Bu- uh, is a Bukers. It, it's spelled Bukers, but I yeah, Bukers. All right. So, but I, that's not how you pronounce it, though. Oh, well. it's like Becker. It's like Becker's, but it looks like Bukers. All right. Well, I try. So. I, I was trying not to be disrespectful. I'm sure I did that many, many times on this show. Towards her, not that they really care what I think. I'm going to make an effort to watch the women's final four, and then we'll talk about that next week. Well, yeah, she, she, she and her best friend may both win national championships. All right. um, oh, who's her best friend? Her best friend is, uh, is uh, what's his name from the Gonzaga? Oh, uh, mustache. Uh, no, no, the the guy who was the Minnesota. Uh, 
football and basketball player of the year last year. Adam Morrison? No. Jeez. Uh, Think about this. Uh, J- Jalen Suggs. Okay. Adam Morrison yeah, no. has more NBA ch- titles than no. Charles Barkley. Uh, yes, true. Uh, okay. Brian Scalabrini. Brian Scalabrini has more as well. So, yes, but people liked Brian. True. Uh, I was going to say, um, uh, there's, there's a funny. I saw a funny list of people who had once had more NBA titles than. Uh, Charles Barkley, but anyway, we haven't gotten the elevator up, elevator down. Let's get yeah, let's the final, get back to yeah. On, sorry, on track. There's sorry, there's sorry about that, Evan. I, I took us on a fifteen-minute side trip, and yeah, <laughs> which I didn't mean to do, which happens when I when I, when I don't prepare things. But here's something I did prepare. I don't have an elevator down because I don't think anyone really had one of those weeks that is going to impact them at all. So I've got two elevator ups, and one's a pretty simple one. Uh, and it sort of goes back to that whole thing about curating and just popularity. Uh, Blake Griffin, who's now a net, is also now part of a new TV show that he got on as a TNT or TBS, I forget, but part, part of that uh, network. And I think a lot of that is just based on the personality that he showed on one of those Comedy Central roasts. Do you, you ever see those? I have, I have seen several of the Comedy Central roasts, but I haven't seen the one that he's on. Yeah, if I remember right, uh, obviously he didn't write the jokes, uh, but he, it's, it's all about how you deliver them. And he did such. He did a really good job. I think his favorite one was Caitlyn Jenner, who was also on uh, the Dais. Said and he, and he says to Caitlyn, he says like, uh, on behalf of the NBA, I want to thank you for uh, giving your daughter's daddy issues, which I <laughs> thought was great. I got oh, it was, and and he he just killed it. Just he did a fantastic job. So Blake Griffin, who is he's a bench guy now he injuries have really caught up to him but he's still a useful player put a title on him and then when it's all said and done if he can get a title maybe another one and what six-time all-star mm-hmm. blake griffin could go a lot of places and again if after his career he becomes a broadcaster and he might have the chops to do it it's like it goes back to the full risotto rule well, how did Phil Rizzuto get into the Baseball Hall of Fame? Well, for years he kept talking about that, and people kept saying, Dad, was Phil any good? No, I wasn't that good. Phil, was, was that any good? No, I wasn't that good. And then years later, well, maybe he wasn't. I don't remember anymore. Because he just keeps talking and talking yeah. and talking. It, 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 can, it will do wonders just having your personality out there and showing this other side of you to, again, a group of voters. We don't even know who the hell they are. But it doesn't hurt him. So that is my first elevator up. And I got my final elevator okay. up. Uh, and we haven't talked music in a while. And there's a lot of people We've talking. Not. Yeah, we haven't. It's been a bit. And there's a 20, I think he's 21. So it's sort of weird to say elevator up, but I'm going to. Lil Nas X. And there's a lot of people who have seen his latest video and are perturbed by it. Uh, I think you haven't. You said to me before because I, I told you ahead who who was going to say you haven't seen the video, right? I have not. No. Okay. Uh, well, it's not a spoiler. I guess I could, it's not like an end of a movie. So in the movie, he's giving a lap dance to the devil. 
And okay. without sort of, I don't think it's offensive to say this. Uh, it's like Lil Nas X said to the director, or the director said, okay, how gay do you want to make this? And his answer was yes. <laughs> it, it's piles upon piles of gay imagery and everything. Is it something that I necessarily want to see? Not really. Cause I'm not really into gay sex. Am I offended by it? No. Am I offended by everything with the devil? No, I'm not a religious person. So I do you, I could care less, but people are. And what does any good rock star try to do? Is get, is get, is be controversial and get people talking. And here we have a right. guy who did, I think, a brilliant job merging two genres that really hasn't done that well today, well before. I know I talked about Kid Rock, who I think can do country and rap. I don't know that they necessarily go well together. But here we have someone who merged country and trap, like the, the trap genre from, from Atlanta. And he did it. Mm-hmm. And he did it well. And this had every making of him being sort of like washed out by 25, being one of those people saying, all right, I'm going to play Old Town Road again. And he's already on the senior circuit by the time he's well before he's 30. So what does he do? He pulls a page out of the Madonna playbook and does a bit of a reinvention and pushes the needle. Do I necessarily like this song? Not particularly. It's not a genre that I'm that into in terms of trap. I respect it. Mm Mm-hmm. But he's pushing a boundary. And that's what you do as an artist. I do say this, though. He's selling, you saw the shoe though, that he's selling, right? For a, over $1,000? Yeah, I did see that. He was going to do, what, 666 of them? I did see something about that. Yeah, something like that. And with the, there's a drop of human blood in each, suit, uh, each shoe. And, and there's the pentagram on it. Like, whatever. I'll say this. If you're dumb enough to buy a $1,000 shoe from a guy who's not an athlete... You're an idiot. I'll, I'll just I'll just say yeah. it out there. Like, why, why would you do this? But hey, go on. I have to say that now, having heard you describe it, is it didn't like Saddam Hussein get the, a lap dance from the devil in like six different South Park episodes? So why why, why oh, are we even upset about this? <laughs> I, 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 they might have even gone further. This it, it was it was very visual. Uh, we pretty much know that Lil Nas X is the bottom in that relationship. Okay, it was pretty clear in that. But then at the end, he twists the devil's neck and kills him, and then ascends to become the devil. Whatever. But there's a lot of people pissed, and that means what happens when you tell your kids not to watch it. You're going to watch it. You're going to seek it out. I did. I'm hardly a kid. Going to be near 50. But it made me want to fucking see it. And I did. Just to see what all the fuss was about. And visually, it's it's a a beautiful video. If In terms of cinematography. I I really think that. Hmm. Maybe I'll watch it when this is over. Yeah, it's... He, he's gotten people talking and he's reinvented himself. And that to me, kudos. It may work. It may not work. Don't know. I mean, this is still very early. I think the video as, as we're talking about this only came out this week, I believe. But he's already gotten people saying, oh, you're not the old town road guy anymore. 
that's impressive. That that's pretty good. So he's my uh, my second elevator up. Cool. Hey, it's a good. It's a positive week. I thought so. I thought so. Yes. I mean, like, there's. There, I'm sure somebody else is going to do uh, something a little bit uh, off kilter. I don't know that I necessarily want to end on this note, so I want to bring up something because I, I I thought today we would talk a little bit about some of the marks in baseball because it's opening day as as we're recording this that some people could really achieve, and other than none of them really have that many Hall of Fame implications. Uh, Miguel Cabrera is already going to be a Hall of Famer. He's going for 500 home runs and 3,000 hits this year. He probably won't make the 3,000 hits, but more power to him if he can. I was looking specifically at Albert Pujols, who we talked about, uh, was it last week or a week ago? I, I can't recall. doesn't matter. Like That's three weeks ago. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so he's not going to go past number five in home runs. Uh, this is going to be his last year. He's at 662 as we're recording this. Uh, number four is a rod at six ninety six. He's not going to do that, but in hits, no, he's number fifteen. He could get to number ten, which top ten in anything is really impressive. So ahead of him is Napoleon Lahoy. I, I never pronounced this right. La Joy La La I think it's La It's just nap. It's just nap. Let's just say nap. All right. So he's seven hits behind him. Yeah. Uh, another 12 to get to Eddie Murray. Then another 30, you know, 28 to get to Willie Mays. Uh, Eddie Collins is at 33.15. And then Paul Molitor at 33.19. So what is that? Doing math in my head. So it's like 87 hits, which he can do. I don't know that he can do much more than that. Mm-hmm. But he can do it. Yastrzemski's a hundred past that, so he's not getting any higher. But I now am invested in Albert Pujols this year because I want to see if he can get to number ten, and that's why I'll be watching. Sounds good to me. Yeah, because I, th- I thought that was pretty interesting. Really, nothing else uh, in terms of any big milestones that I saw that I think has any Hall of Fame per- like repercussions. Repercussions. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm looking at this. Hey, if he can get Jastrzemski, though, catch Wagner, because Wagner's only one ahead of him. So, Well, he'd have to play that season. So, yeah. He's got 130-something hits. He's not going to get there. No. Yeah. No, not at all. Uh, oh, no, sorry, 190-something hits. No. The only other one And then Cabrera is second. Mm-hmm. He's at 2866. Is there anyone else who has a nice round number they can get to? The only one that I thought the would third be— third is Robbie Cano. The, the only one I thought that would be sort of interesting, but I don't know, is, you know, Joey Votto's at 295 home runs. So he's going to get to 300 this year, okay. which is, I thought, pretty nice. That's about mm-hmm. it. I, I couldn't find anything that I thought was even worth discussing. And even those two. Yeah, I'm looking like, so for the active hits leaders, one is pool holes. Two is Miggy, you already went through. Mm-hmm. Three is Robbie Cano, who has some issues. Uh, four is Yadi Molina, who just got, he's had 2,001 hits. So he's probably hit his last, you know, milestone for that. Mm-hmm. And then five is the worst human being on earth. 
So uh, <laughs> he's not even going to name him. <laughs> he does not deserve a name, uh, but he'll probably get to 2,000 hits. I'd imagine he only needs 37 to get there. Um, and then Votto comes in next at 1,908, so he can get to 2,000 hits this year. Oh, he could, yeah. Edwin Encarnacion at 1,832. Uh, no. It's 100 and I don't think he's going to make it. Uh, Matt Kemp's next. Now we're over 200 hits away for everybody. Brian Zimmerman, Nelson Cruz, Evan Longoria, who had a home run tonight already. Um, Elvis Andrus. So, yeah. I'm just looking here at the home sure. runs. Uh, what's Stanton at? Stanton's at 312. So, but he, he can move up some pretty uh, interesting power hitters over here. Five behind... Not that I considered him a power hitter, but I always forget how many how much power he had. George Brett mm. at three seventeen. He, he should have three eighteen. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> oh my god! Well, did you see uh, Cody Bellinger uh, lost a home run today? Oh, did he? Why? Uh, Justin Turner thought the ball was going to be caught, so he ran back to the back to the dugout dugout thinking that the inning was over and it wasn't but Bellinger passed him which made him automatically out oh jeez that's not so smart no so yeah I think that's what happened I think that's what I read I haven't seen the highlight of that but yeah I just saw, I saw the you know that Bellinger lost a home run today for that for that very reason of, I mean, it's very Mr. 3000. No, I want to go back to that damn movie. That's what I want to close off with. How the hell in the, what, when he played, what, 70s, 80s, they didn't have, like, good stats then? It wasn't like he played in the 1880s and they just mis- lost three hits. God damn it. I'm only 20 years away from talking about this movie. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, your, your, your anger is righteous and understood. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is. So I, I've got my work cut out. Here, 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 I, I have one trivia question for you. Sure. Ready for this one? Sure. Who is the career leader in active in triples right now? Oh, God. Uh... And what oh, – we'll I'll get to the second part of this question in a second. Lost art of the triple. Who, the, who would that be? Who's fast? Yeah. Who's over thirty? Uh, Nelson Cruz. No, he's a plotting guy. It wouldn't be him. Uh, Someone who's thirty-four has played here for thirteen years. What team? Or what league? Uh, I actually know what team he's on right now. Give me a second. Uh, he, is he still, yeah, he's still with the Cardinals. Molina? No. No blanking. Not Goldschmidt. One time I'll start. I have no idea. Member of, member of the 2016 Cubs who won the World Series. Oh, Fowler? Dexter Fowler. Is our is our leader in triples? How many career triples do you think he has? Can't be very many. Uh, Eighty. 
Oh, very close. 82. Ah. His 82 career triples. He's tied for 262nd with Ginger Beaumont, Wid Conroy, Frank Fennelly, Phil Garner, hmm. former manager Phil Garner, Bill Holman, Hall of Famer Billy Herman, Hans Lobert, and Johnny Mostil. Our career leader in triples has one fewer triple than jo- the noted speed demon Johnny Mize. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, I didn't think we'd end on triples, but we're going to end on third base. <laughs> All right, so I guess next week I have to re- I have to tell you whether I did watch the women's final four. I am going to make an effort to watch the UConn game. I'm going to watch Paige. I want to I want to see her play, and I want to root for her. I, I want. I don't to, think it, hmm? Go ahead. I was going to say on the men's side, I don't think anyone's beating Gonzaga. I think they're going to go undefeated. That team is ridiculous. I hope so. It's, it'd be a great story if they do. I mean, that, that's they've yeah, never, they've they, never they, won at all. The only team I think can beat him, I don't think Houston can beat him. I don't think UCLA can beat him. I think Baylor's got a shot, uh, but they haven't. They haven't lost. They haven't had anyone within ten points of them all year. USC looked awesome, and they just annihilated them. I watched that whole game. Well, I, I have a feeling so, elevator up is going to be Mark Few, but we'll see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If they win the last championship, Mark Few goes elevator way up. Has to. So, I mean, I mean, once, uh, what's his name from Villanova? Why can't I think of the coach's name right now? Uh, Jay Wright. Because uh, Jay Wright's a finalist this year. I don't know if he's going to get in this year, but once Jay Wright is in, the next active coach on the list who's not a Hall of Famer yet is, is Mark Few. And the only reason that he isn't there yet is because he doesn't have a national championship. So he, they've made the tournament 22 consecutive years. They've won at least 25 games, 25 consecutive years. Like that's insane. And as I can saga. Yeah, you're, look who they're beating up Joe, every year, though. Yeah, I understand that, but I, I know they had John Stockton. But why? Why not? Why couldn't Santa Clara or the San Francisco Dons or St. Mary's or someone else challenge them? Like, there's no reason some other school couldn't challenge them. He built a powerhouse that routinely beats ACC and you and and uh, Pac-12 and other teams. That's like true. He, he beats those teams when they play. It's not like he's. It's not like he's the, the one year Wichita State was undefeated going to the tournament and they hadn't played anybody. Um, that that's not the situation. Like Gonzaga goes out and plays people and beats people routinely. And I know they're in that crappy league, but I mean, there's no reason other schools can't do what Gonzaga has done. It's a little Catholic school in Spokane, Washington. He's convincing people to go to Spokane. Yeah, that's actually a whole area I want to stay the hell away from these days. Like, that's that's right next to the state that doesn't exist. What state that doesn't exist? Uh, Idaho. It's a government conspiracy. It's not a real thing. It's one one of one of my cockamamie theories. I know it's not real, but I just like saying people's like, "What's your craziest theory?" It's that Idaho doesn't exist. That mean so. that it's not actually there. Yeah, it's not there. It's uh, it's uh, it's uh, they made something up. They say, oh yeah, it has potatoes. 
it's uh, they they grow something there. That's what it is. They casely made it up and had to stick with it all these years. So it's no such thing as Idaho. <laughs> I'm trying I, don't to come actually, up. I don't actually believe this. It's just a fun conspiracy. So that I, I that I've used as a joke several times when I've wanted to get out of a conversation. <laughs> Let's close on that one. Because because maybe that might actually work here. Because as good as I think we're getting with our flows and our transitions, our ends are always abrupt. That is true. So I, I think much every, like the much like what happens to the border of Washington when you go into the twilight zone when nothing exists. Mm. I, th- I think every time you think that I I just don't know how to end it, just say you know I don't think Idaho exists, and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Sounds good, man. All right, I'll talk to you later. All right, take care. We hope you're all staying safe in your own private Idaho. Stay tuned for a lot more from us at nonhalloffame.com.